Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and my topic today is Dreams of the Deceased. Now, some of you will remember In Presence number 7 about my great uncle Harry, and in that segment, I described a very powerful dream I had shortly after the death of my great uncle Harry, and that dream uh, really changed my life. That was back in 1972. Well, subsequently, I have learned that a number of relatives on that particular branch of the family have had similar dreams. In fact, recently I heard from my second cousin, who is Uncle Harry's granddaughter, and she asked me for help. She said, I'm having lots of dreams of deceased people. I used to have them when I was much younger, and I prayed to God that they should stop because they were disturbing me. But more recently, I asked God to open up that ability again for me, and now I'm being flooded with dreams of deceased people. And uh, she reached out to me and said, can you help me? Can you provide some books or some background so I can begin to understand this phenomena more? And um, I searched the internet and discovered, oh yes, there's an awful lot of information on various blogs and websites about what are known as visitation dreams. But I didn't find much in the parapsychological literature, so I reached out to some of my colleagues in the parapsychology community to see, could I learn a little bit more about this? And as a result, I uh, found a fascinating study that was published last year in the Journal of the Society for Psychical Research. This is the organization that was founded in 1882 in England and has been conducting scientific studies into the paranormal ever since. Now, this particular study uh, was done by Anna-Katrine Pula and Adrian Parker, and uh, who are both European researchers. And what they did is they got together a group of people who were interested in having lucid dreams. A lucid dream, you probably all know, is a dream in which you're aware of the fact that you're dreaming. You have a certain degree of consciousness, and there are many different kinds of lucid dreams, but the idea is you're awake enough to know that you're dreaming, at least. So, they found 90 individuals who were interested in exploring this. And I might mention parenthetically, well, more than parenthetically, Stephen LeBerge, whom I've interviewed in the past, uh, is a pioneer in the field of lucid dreaming. And he developed some methods to help people who would like to establish uh, that ability to have regular lucid dreams. And so, part of the protocol of this research study called an exploratory study of lucid dreaming of deceased persons was uh, that they would go through this protocol. And the protocol is quite simple. It involves remembering your dreams. You wake up in the morning, you remember your dream, and you relive it. You go through it again and again so that in your mind you have a clear image. And of course, now you're awake. So, it's as if you're awake in your dream by reliving it over and over and over again. You do that, and then you also ask, I guess you might say, ask your subconscious mind to 
produce more lucid dreams for you. And I can tell you this, I've also been in touch with another viewer uh, who has established herself as a regular lucid dreamer. She says she has three lucid dreams a week on average. And she uh, learned this ability by following this methodology augmented by keeping a careful dream journal and meditation. So, that's the procedure for inducing lucid dreams. Now, in the study by Pula and Parker, they started out with 90 individuals who were interested in exploring lucid dreams and reporting back to them. But at the end of the day, they only got lucid dream reports, and they're specifically looking for lucid dreams of deceased persons from about uh, 30. So, roughly two-thirds of their initial population dropped out for one reason or another, but presumably because they weren't having any success with the method of inducing lucid dreams. Now, I, I should say, in this study, they did not suggest the additional measures that one of our viewers reported, which is to enhance the Stephen LeBerge technique with meditation and keeping a dream journal. So, two-thirds dropped out. Of the remaining uh, people, they reported a total of 80 lucid dreams involving deceased people. And as I recall, uh, of those 80 dreams, uh, I think it was about 62 of them occurred during the experimental period, which ran from January 2015 all the way to September of 2016. So, uh, almost two years, a year and three quarters. About 18 of the dreams were reported by the lucid dreamers that took place actually before the study began. These were people who had had lucid dreams of deceased persons even earlier. And they were just added into the mix because they were consistent with what the researchers were looking for. Now, I should say one other thing. Of the 28 individuals who reported lucid dreams, most of them reported only one or two. However, there were nine individuals, one-tenth of the original sample of 90, nine individuals who reported a total of 56 lucid dreams of deceased persons. So, the, the bulk, that's more than half, well over half, close to three-quarters of the 80 reported dreams came from nine individuals who were skilled lucid dreamers. And so, one of their findings is, uh, I guess you could say, is that the more skilled you are, the more practiced you are, the more adept you are at having lucid dreams, the more likely you're going to have lucid dreams of deceased persons. Now, let's talk about those dreams. It seems as if, in most cases, the person appeared spontaneously in like 70%. They just popped up, there they are in the dream, and they tended to be a relative. They tended to be somebody who the dreamer had a previous relationship with, a good relationship, and most of the time they were silent. They didn't say anything. They were just there, but it was a very pleasant experience. If I had to summarize the bulk of those dreams of deceased persons, that would be it. But 
in a few instances, there were conversations, and sometimes the conversations were very meaningful. Now, this study was not designed to provide proof of the afterlife, but in several instances, the communications were detailed and seemed to be evidential. For example, in one case, the deceased person was a former minister, and he asked the dreamer to contact his wife and tell her that if you are, have that big picture of me, please understand that's not me. Well, the dreamer contacted the wife of the deceased minister and she broke into tears when she heard that because there was a big picture of him that had been hanging in the church and she would be looking at the picture, trying to kind of pull him out of the picture in a, I suppose you say, psychologically. And uh, he wanted to let her know that's not him. He's not in the picture. <laughs> it's not going to work that way. Uh, and th there were some other reported lucid dreams where the um, deceased person was providing financial advice. In fact, detailed, specific financial advice that turned out to be quite accurate. So one, one could say there's some hints of evidentiality here. Now, what is the meaning of all of this for you? I suppose it's this. Are you interested in cultivating the ability to have lucid dreams? Are you interested in using that ability to explore further the, the dream realm and how the dream realm may actually intersect with other realms, such as what the Tibetans call the Bardo Plains, the realms, uh, the in-between realms that people experience after death? Is that of interest to you? It's an interest of mine that I've mentioned in previous segments because uh, it's a follow-on to what uh, my former professor Dr. Charles Tart calls state-specific research, using particular altered states of consciousness to conduct research. It's also a way, I think, for those of us especially who are in the latter phases of life to prepare to, for the experience of death. So, it may be that you have no interest in this, but if you do, there's some background data uh, I think it's particularly relevant that of the 90 people who uh, started out in the study, only a third of them actually got to the point where they were having lucid dreams of deceased persons that they could report back to the researchers. And yet, one third, that's not bad. So, these are things to think about. Uh, perhaps for you, it's nothing more than interesting background information. Uh, some of you may wish to pursue this sort of exploration further, and if, if that's the case, I hope you'll post something in the comments section. And thank you for listening and being with me.